You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Getting you ready for all the biggest games across the college sports world. This is BetQLU with RJ Choppy and Jeffrey Wright. Welcome, welcome, welcome to BetQLU, as the introduction suggests. My name is Jeffrey Wright. I'm the host of Giannato and Jeffrey Show weekdays right here in Memphis, Tennessee on 92.9 FM ESPN from 2 until 4. My co-host is RJ Choppy, of course, the host of Sean and RJ weekdays from 5.30 a.m. till 10 a.m. at 105.3 The Fan. He's on Twitter at RJ Choppy. RJ, it's war. Are you ready? I, I am. I, uh, I, I am ready for this. I, I, am, I am fearful, though, that I'm going to let a lot of people down with who I'm actually going to root for in the Duke-Carolina game. I, I fear that I am. Uh, all, all, all this year, we've been railing on Coach K, right? And, and I can't help but get caught up in this, and I hate it. I'm hating myself. I'm a self-loather right now. I really am. That's extremely disappointing to hear um, I know. because – I, I don't really know if you understand the magnitude of this moment. This is Custard's last stand. I mean, this is the Battle of the Bulge. We are going all in. We have had to yeah. deal with this insufferable suck fest of a retirement tour for nine months now. And now we got our little moment. We got our, our play in, in Act One. We got our, our taste of what this could be. When we saw that phone call. When we saw North Carolina go seven miles and spoil Coach K's night, his senior night, we got to see what this is. Well, ever since then, Duke's been playing really good basketball, and there's no denying that I think that they have probably been the most impressive team in the tournament. Guess what, RJ? This is like the movie. They're building up the final boss, but I have to have all hands on deck. This is war. We cannot go into this without everybody being in Locked up agreement, and everybody all on board. Listen, was it uncomfortable for the greatest generation to partner with the Russians to, to, to take down fascism, Nazism? No, it wasn't. And guess what? We then had the Cold War after it. But guess who we needed in that moment? We needed Russia. We had all hands on deck. Maybe North Carolina isn't the perfect hero. But guess what? I'm wearing Carolina blue, and this was not a coincidence. Everyone has to be on board. I need everyone get a good night's sleep. I need everybody to be rested up because tomorrow is the most important day of our lives. Uh, it is. You're, you make a great point. You, you do. You make a fantastic point. Um, and here's the thing. As a kid, as a youngster, I grew up a Carolina fan. My sister went to high school with Sam Perkins. I grew up. A diehard Carolina fan. And I hate Duke. But now I'm in this media world and I'm a sucker for a story. And I've I've let it and I'm upset with myself. I'm upset right now. Physically upset that I am falling trap to this to this nonsense of a story. But I want my hero to be wearing a three-piece suit named Jay Wright. That's who I want my hero to be. But I'm with you. I'm with, I want Duke to lose eventually. I just, man, could you, could you imagine the spectacle 
that Monday night's going to be if Duke is there. Could you imagine? And I hope it ain't. I, I hate Kansas. I can't root for Kansas. But but I, I you know could you imagine the spectacle that it's going to be? It's going to be insufferable. And I, as a self-loathing person, I like pain, and I like to be insufferable. I like things to be insufferable against me at times. I don't want Duke to go out on top. I want Coach K to get to the end and then have the ultimate disappointment. And that would be the ultimate disappointment, right, if they lose in the final game. That would be the ultimate culmination of disappointment. I suppose losing to Carolina, your chief rival is too. Uh, so I'd be down with that. But, you know, part of me is, is, is falling trapped. And I feel like I'm letting you down because we have been lockstep with, you know, anti-coach USA. And I can see the hate and the anger uh, in your in your in your facial expression right now, I can see it. I can see it. See, I hear it. Your voice, uh, and I feel like I've let you down, and I'm sorry. Well, there's a couple of things. Number one, Jay Wright confirmed today he is not wearing a suit. So there you go. You lose that. I know. But I want you to, I want you to think about this. There was a hero this week, and that hero's name was Eric Church. And while many people out there are upset that he wasn't being quote-unquote, professional, by canceling his show in San Antonio. But this is a man that I want on my team. This is a foxhole guy. This guy knew, come hell or high water, I got to get my ass to New Orleans, and I got to watch this man die. It takes everyone. I cannot have. I cannot have wavering. I cannot have this. He had to be committed to the cause. And, yes, there are many people out there that will say, you know, he didn't even go to Carolina. Well, that's probably because he didn't get in. So he went to App State. Regardless, yeah. this is a man that is standing up for what is right, and he is doing the same thing that our grandparents did back in the 40s. They saw what was going on over in Europe, and they said no more. We will all come together as one, and we will fight. And we will fight with our lives. And I cannot have anyone right now this entire week going, you know, it is pretty cool. Like, it's a pretty cool story. No, stop it. That's Satan talking. That is devil on your shoulder. Never forget. Never forget, RJ. He had to make sure to let everybody know he was trying to think about taking the Lakers job. He had updates with press releases back in 04. Roy Williams was offered the same job. We never found out until years later. Never forget. He told Dill Brooks. He chided Dylan Brooks after beating his ass. He chided him for shooting a ball at the end of the shot clock and making it. He then had the audacity to lie about it. And then he got caught out. He got called out in which he lied again. Don't forget these prison videos are watching him and his walking from a bus into a closet. CBS has been disgusting. And first and foremost, most important, do this for Pete Gaudet. This is for Pete Gaudet. This is a man that had to not only take the losses in 1993, he got paid minimum wage to do it only to get stabbed in the back by Coach K in the end. And then during any other time, interim coaches take wins and losses. It goes on the head coach's record, not the interim's record. This prick petitioned the NCAA to make sure that those wins and losses all went to Pete Gaudet. Never forget, this man, when he knew his team last year, 
was not going to make the NCAA tournament. He tried to get a movement going that everyone was going to make the NCAA tournament. And then when that didn't fly, he canceled the season. This man must be stopped. He's a hypocrite's hypocrite. And so sick and tired of the free passes that he gets. Never forget, this man is the all-time winningest coach in Team USA history. You know why? Because the rule is you step down after you win one. He stayed for three. I know you find this hard to believe. It turns out Duke went from having the 18th ranked recruiting class on average after Coach USA was having Kobe Bryant and LeBron FaceTime uh, recruits to the number two on average. Why? Because this man is evil, and he is allowed to prosper in this cult of personality that is so sickening. He is an egomaniac that cannot understand why this is all becoming all about him, despite the fact that he announced a retirement tour in June. I, for one, will not stand for anyone that will not lock arms with me and bet North Carolina on the money line. He is, he is evil. I, I am with you. He is a monster, and all monsters must be stopped at some point. Uh, there, there. I, I, you know, I had forgotten uh, about the Pete Gaudet. I had forgotten about that. It's. I, I Pete remember. Hasn't. Pete hasn't. I remember. You know, Coach K having that back injury or whatever it is, and not being able to coach, and you know, the it looked like it was the end of the era, an end of an era for that for that program. I thought we all thought it was done. Uh, and, 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 you know, we look at Coach K in an entirely different light, you know, over the last 25 years than we did at that time. I thought it was dead. Uh, but I had forgotten. I had forgotten about that. I, I had even forgotten that he had LeBron and Kobe FaceTime recruits. I, 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 or, or, I still or have no idea how that was. I have no idea how that was legal. <sighs> That's a good question. How is that legal? Well, you know why it's legal? Because it's Coach K. Exactly. That's why he legal. gets away with everything. Why yeah. was it legal for Zion to get a house and not have any punishment? Why was it legal for Corey Maggette to take $80,000 and get no punishment? For the record, I am not someone that sits there and goes, cheating on being players is, is evil. No. Right. Stop acting like you do it the right way. No, you don't. You do the same thing everybody else does. Never forget, this man was talking about how one and duns were going to ruin the sport. Until he started losing to one and Duns, and then all of a sudden he's totally fine with it. This yeah. is a hypocrite, oh, hypocrite. And this man should be the villain. He should not be the hero. This is the ultimate example of storytelling perspective. This would be like Thanos being the central figure of the final, the final Avengers movies. Like, no, this is not Iron Man. He is Thanos. He's evil. Must be stopped. Uh, he is evil. Uh, there's no doubt. Um, and, and now listen, I'll, I'll tell you this too. You know, how, how is Coach K having those guys call recruits? You know, how is that any different? Than, you know, how is that not worse than Bruce Pearl having a hot dog party? That's it. You know, like it, it just, you, there's, there's different rules for different guys. I get it. Um, you know, listen, you're, you're making valid points. I'm almost coming around. I'm, I'm, I'm almost, you're almost promoting, you know, you're enticing me to come around, come back around, I should say, come back around. Uh, we just got to, I couldn't believe they got here. I didn't expect them to get here. I thought they were going to lose to Texas tech. Uh, I did not expect them to get this far. I had my bracket losing in the sweet 16. Um, you know, but the, the, them being here, 
I, I got to say, they have looked impressive doing it. And that's the sad thing. All right, because it looks like it's a train that isn't stopping. And I don't know. I don't have a feel for the betting line already. I mean, I, 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 I'm with you. I will gladly, gladly take Carolina on the money line just on the sheer, uh, the sheer value. But, I mean, Duke's playing great, and it sucks that we're going to have to give Coach K credit for it because I do, I do hate him just as much as the next guy. I, I, and, and my co-host, uh, Sean, on the, on, on the show says doesn't get it. He doesn't get my hate for him. And I'm like, then then you don't get you don't get sports. You don't get sports passion if you don't get my hate for him. No, you don't versus evil. That's 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 the answer. I'm sorry, you don't get good versus evil. Here's a couple other things that might sway you. Are you aware that he has a quotes page on his own website? A quotes page of his own quotes. Was it Yogi Berra? I didn't he know that. literally quotes himself like his axiom. Yes. Never forget. It's never about the money. It's always just about the opportunity to coach, except when he found out that Roy Williams was getting the Lakers job and then he used it to double his salary at Duke for the next 17 years. He made twice as much as Roy Williams. Never forget after William Avery said he wanted to transfer to Utah that he said, no one is bigger than the program except me. This is my effing program. Apparently, he is not in the brotherhood. Never forget, this is a man that invented the indefinite one-game suspension for Grayson Allen. This man is an absolute monster. Everyone in the stupid business has given him a free pass for far too long. And guess what? It's time. It's time for him to die. And it's Saturday night. And yes... I have made a gratitude list in the event that Duke wins because I agree with you. They have looked awesome. In the event that they, they do win, I've had to write down all the good things in my life to remind me that it's not over for me. Because oftentimes, when you go against USA and the media buzz and all the train that it is, and you don't win, you will lose your life. I can't let that happen, so I made the gratitude list. But this is a situation in which I need everyone to understand it's not easy. If it was easy, everyone would do it. Instead, yeah. go out on this island. This is where you, you want to, if you die, at least you know you died doing something that mattered. And exposing this fraud for the hypocrite that he is is something that matters. It, it has blown my mind how much the, he's gotten a pass. It really has. Like, you know, he... The, Coach Cal gets all the all the grief, all the grief. He is the dirty, shysty kind of college basketball coach. Uh, it's never been Coach K. It's never been a guy who probably should have gotten fired after his third year when he lost to Wagner. That's the guy who probably or Wofford, whatever it was. That's the that's the coach probably should have gotten fired. Uh, he probably should have never gotten hired in the first place. He was nine and seventeen his last year at Army. It made no sense. And then the media giving him all these passes have never made any sense either. And and that was been and that has been the uh the, the head scratching thing for me. But once that monster got rolling, it never stopped. It really didn't. And and the media kept on it, and the fans kind of saw right through it too. Or at least they looked the other way. How about that? Never forget, this is the man that turned in Jim Valvano and ended his career. And yet as he's dying helping him on the stage because cameras were rolling and it was a good PR move for him. Never get That is the monster that we are dealing with. We come back, take a look at the actual lines. We'll get into all the games, the final four weekend coming up next. Right here on-
From tailgates to rushing the field, on Saturday, it's BetQLU in the action. From noon to 8 Eastern, available on BetQL and the Odyssey app. You're listening to BetQLU with RJ Choppy and Jeffrey Wright. Hey, welcome back to BetQLU. My name is Jeffrey Wright. You can follow me on Twitter at jwright 929 espn My co-host is RJ Choppy. He is on Twitter at RJ Choppy. All right, RJ, let's take a look at the two games. Let's start in chronological order. The early game, 6.09 Eastern time, number two seed Villanova taking on Kansas. A couple of things about this game, because I, I want to get your perspective on it. I think everything, every, like, every concept I have of gambling tells me I should take Villanova. It feels like, Kansas is SpongeBob SquarePants. It's Jay Wright against Bill Self. Like, there's a lot of success there. But there's just this part of me that goes, I can't trust Villanova with six guys after the Justin Moore injury. And I know everyone wants to keep pointing to Villanova and their tournament record since 2016. I think all of us know that watch those tournaments, this Villanova team is very different. They do it kind of with savviness. But in the end, I know there's kind of some recency bias of how Kansas looked at the end of the Miami game. I just can't bring I, – I want to take Villanova, but I cannot bring myself to do it. You know, that's – here's the funny thing about this game. These are the two teams that, that if you follow Ken Palm's you know, formula, these are the only two that can win the title. Uh, they're both top 20. Well, they're both top 10 in one and top 20 in the other, while, whereas Duke uh, and, and Carolina are not. Uh, currently. So it's actually kind of funny uh, that they're playing in this game. I'll tell you this. You know, there is a clear coaching advantage here. Uh, Jay Wright, to me, if Villanova goes on to win the championship, we have to have a conversation about where Jay Wright is in the pantheon of greatest coaches I'll just use my lifetime, you know, since 1979. Uh, is is Jay Wright, if he were to win the title this year, does he go ahead of Dean Smith? Does he go ahead? I mean, does, does he go ahead of Bobby Knight? Probably not. But, you know, there is a clear, clear head coaching advantage, I think, with Villanova. And the guard play for Villanova has been tremendous. And you know, if they get a lead, they won't lose it simply because their ability to knock down free throws, which Bill Self knows all too well, is a recipe for winning your only fraudulent. It's a fraudulent championship. I'm sorry. Memphis dominated that basketball game. Um, I, I hate to say it because it was Coach Cal, but they dominated that game. They just couldn't make free throws. You know, Villanova, you, you cannot come back on them if you need to foul late. You can't do it. They're, they're going to nail it. They're over under on free throws missed. is three and a half in this game. I know. Three and a half? I mean, Most teams miss three and a half by halftime. The only thing that scares me about them, obviously the Justin Moore injury. I mean, you want to talk about just – I mean, there's just no other way to describe it. That just sucks. Like, it sucks for him. You know, he's having a great year, and that, that just sucks that it happened. But Colin Gillespie has been banged up. He does not look right to me. Right. And then in the end, I really felt like if Houston would have just shot instead of horrifically, if they would have just shot poorly – I felt like they were going to win that game. And uh, 
it's it's this classic every I, I want to make myself take Villanova, but I just can't do it. I looked a couple of things up because you can see some really if, if you're on Kansas's side, you can see some really scary trends that are not great. But Nova this year, while being great against the spread, they're over 60 percent. They're two, three and one against the spread as an underdog. Kansas, when they're favored by five points or fewer this year, they've been six and three against the number. While Nova in the last 10 seasons is 21 and 10 against top 10 teams, they're only one and four against the spread against top 10 teams this year. I think a lot of these trends all speak to what you're talking about in the sense of with Jay Wright, how great they've been the last five years. I think this team has done it just kind of by savviness, guttiness, getting good possessions, like you said, never beating themselves. They get the lead, and then they can suffocate you like a boa constrictor because they can just put you away by just hitting free throws. I just don't think they have the fifth gear that they've had in some of those other years where they just go pop a shot mode on you, and they just make everything. I don't think they have that this year, and I do think Kansas is starting to kind of figure it out. With that being said, like, I can, I can see how this game goes. Villanova wins on Saturday, and I think like an idiot because I just I ignored everything that we just talked about. Yeah. You know, Villanova kind of wins a lot of their games the way – remember that Utah team with Andre Miller? You know, just – Yes. It, they got by a little bit of guile, right? It just and, and that's how they got by. And uh, and they pulled that, you know, you know a, a pretty big upset against Carolina in that, in that game uh, in the Final Four that year. You know, they get by a lot like that. Um, now, Andre Miller turned out to be a really nice pro, and, and nobody knew this, but, you know, I don't want to say he was the best player on the floor, but he was he, – he, he may have been. Like, he, he had himself – you could see when he took over games in the NBA that he was a star uh, in the making. And I don't – you know, Gillespie's not that, but he does run the game the same kind of similar fashion. And, oh, I agree with you. Yeah, I, I, and so, I, look – it does not surprise me that Villanova's here. Um, you know, they, they were one of the three teams that everybody picked basically out of that region. Everybody either picked Arizona or or Villanova or Tennessee to come out of that region. Very few picked Houston. Uh, and you're right. You know, did Houston shoot poorly? That's the age-old question, right? Is it your defense or were they just shooting bad? And it it it, it wouldn't it it happens. It happens where you just can't hit the broad side of a barn. I mean, that is, that happens all the time. Um, but some of the credit, I suppose, has to go to Villanova's defense on on contesting shots and making sure that they were uncomfortable and they were taking rush shots. And that's why they shot show, uh, so poorly from beyond the arc. And if you can't make your threes, you cannot win in this tournament anymore. Uh, that is a fact of life. You cannot win the NCAA tournament without nailing your three-point attempts. No, I mean, it's a lot like you and I are, are baseball guys. I would imagine it's a lot like on your son's teams, like first kid gets up and gets a hit, hitting's contagious. I think it's the same thing with like three-point shooting because yes, Villanova did do a very good job defending and, and perhaps maybe Houston was taking the shots that Villanova wanted them to take. They still had plenty of good looks and they didn't go in. I, I, I just think it kind of spiraled on them. They've never been a great shooting team to begin with and it was just even worse couple of other notes uh, if you are curious about the total. Currently right now I see it at 133. Unders in Nova's last seven games are 6-1. and one. They're 7-3 and three in Kansas's past 10 games. 
The Elite Eight and the Sweet 16 was a massive, massive under festivity. We don't have a lot of great data on Final Fours of whether or not unders. I think there used to be the theory of, well, when they get into the domes, take the under. There's not a lot of real evidence that suggests either way. The one note we do have is the last time the Final Four was in New Orleans, all three games did go under the total. 133 is a scary low total, but I can't bring, I cannot talk myself at this point into the over. Like, so if you do want to play it, I think you got to play the under. Yeah, I, I don't think in this game that you can that you could play the over. I, I just don't I don't see that happening. And and usually the under favors the underdog, uh, which in this case would be Villanova. So typically that's the way it works. We all know that. But um, yeah, you know, I I I have not seen uh, an updated you know study done on domes and 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 your ability or inability to shoot the three. Guys shoot so much now and so often. That's that, that. That's all they do. And and these games, these these teams play now all, all the time. How many times are they playing elite eights and regionals already in a dome? You know. It, oh, it I, I was so thankful. I was so thankful this year that all four that all four were back to arenas. Like I, I, I was. I just don't even think it looks that good. No, I don't either. And I think when you get into a nice arena, like you know, you get when you go you get to the arena in San Antonio where the Spurs play. Yeah. That's a nice place and. Uh, you know, and even going back, I like to get to see some of the other arenas that they have anyway. Like that San Diego arena that looked really cool on TV. It looked like the lower level went literally all the way to the ceiling. It looked like the old pit at, uh, yep. at New Mexico. Uh, you, you don't see that that often anymore. Um, so I was really glad they went back to that, uh, you know, that, that, that regular basketball arena or hockey arena, if you will, uh, for the, for the, for the regionals. Yeah. And I mean, I, I mean, it looks cool in the Final Four, but, like, I hate it when they did, used to do it in, like, the regional semifinals and finals because they'd, like, curtain it off, and it just looked like you were watching the Spurs play in the Alamo Dome again. It's Alamo Dome again, and uh, it just wasn't for me. Since 1992, one seeds are 12-4 and four against the spread against two seeds in the Final Four. Of course, that applies here for the Kansas and Villanova game. And then the main event. My last stand, the greatest moment, the most important moment of my life. 8.49 Eastern time. North Carolina, the eighth seed, taking on Duke. The line currently about four. I don't, I'm letting you keep the points. I'm taking the money line. I got it at plus 170. I max played it, not because I believe in it, RJ, but because <laughs> it was the right thing to do. And this is, I got to just put my, I, I just got to put it all out there. And that is what I've done. If you want some data, the Tar Heels are 20 and 16 against the spread this season. 2016 and one, Duke 2016 and two. However, over the last 10 meetings, North Carolina is eight and two against the spread against the Tar Heels. I can actually come up with some basketball uh, analysis for why I actually don't think I'm I'm just lighting money on fire. All right, I think Duke. I think defensively what Duke has done to get better, because if you think about this season, they were building a lot of good leads, and then they were letting it go because they couldn't get stops. Well, their answer to get stops has been to go into the zone, and it has been pretty effective. But if you look at the teams that they've played, none of these teams have been good shooting teams. I mean, even Michigan State, who put up their best performance of the year, like they, they still fell short, and Michigan State is not a great shooting team. But Arkansas is not a good shooting team. Texas Tech is not. 
who cares about Fullerton? I think Fullerton ended up probably being the fourth best team in the Big West, but they won the tournament, so they got in. I don't know if daring Carolina to shoot right now is the answer. No, it's not. Like, you look at the points they're putting up. I mean, this is like uh, – it, it's not quite Carolina Clinic, but they're, they're playing good basketball, and, you know, they, they are putting some points on the board. I, I would not sit there and dare them to shoot either. Uh, really, since that Duke game uh, – probably about a couple games before that Duke game they played – this team has been playing good basketball. They they were always and you know I always found it odd that they were people had them as a bubble team, man. You know and we talked about this like you're 22 and eight or 22 and 10 and and you know you got a good conference and record a good record in conference in the ACC. I mean you're going to get in especially when your name is North Carolina. They they were they were never I didn't think in jeopardy. Uh, and as it turns out they were, you know what three seed lines away from being in jeopardy. So they were, they were firmly in when you're an eight seed, you ain't on the bubble. You're firmly in, uh, as, as a power five. Um, so I, I wouldn't dare them to shoot. Duke's got their hands full. You know, this is not, this, this you know, this is not the first time they played this year where Duke won by, you know, by double figures. Uh, yeah. this is much more close to the second time they played. Now, I'm not saying Carolina's going to win by double figures, but they showed the blueprint and, there is no doubt that Carolina can absolutely win this basketball game. No, I mean, to me, what it, it really boils down to is, yes, there was tremendous amounts of pressure in the curtain call, mm -hmm. but I don't think it was the pressure in the end. I think it was the fact that Carolina made shots and Duke couldn't get stops. Like, to me, that, that's what that game really boiled down to. Carolina in this tournament, 2-0 and outright as an underdog. I mean, I just kind of look at how they got here. I acknowledge that Duke has played terrifically. But North Carolina beat the absolute snot out of Marquette. They were going to beat Baylor by 30 until Manic gets the elbow. Yeah, They beat what I actually thought was one of the three or four best teams coming into the tournament, UCLA, by just making tough, tough shots. Yeah, And then they did not fall into the St. Peter's trap that everybody else did. They straight up said, all right, boys, we're going to just put you to bed early, and it's never going to yeah. be in doubt. And they're the only team that they're the only team that not only beat them, throttled them. So I, I think that's interesting. Hubert Davis is making his first Final Four appearance. Coaches making their first Final Four, or making their Final Four debuts, are seven one and one against the spread in their national semifinal over the past ten games. The over is eight and two in Duke's last ten. This is kind of one of those games where I'm obviously so pot committed on on North Carolina here. I don't really want to play the total. My gut says that everyone's going to be on the over and the under might be a play because I do also think Duke knows they cannot. I don't think they can get into the running game with Carolina because I think, I think they need to slow this thing down. Yeah. Look, I think the, the, uh, you're right. Everyone's going to be on the over. It's at like 151. I think this doesn't go over. This thing goes off at about 153, 154. I think when it's all said and done. I think it's going to jump. Uh, it may be a little bit a little bit much to jump that much uh, this late, but, you know, it would not surprise me if if so many people are on the over here that it does become advantageous to bet the under. When we come back, we'll get into the rest surrounding the Final Four. Great weekend in sports. We'll talk about it next right here on BetQLU.
From tailgates to rushing the field, on Saturday, it's BetQLU in the action. From noon to 8 Eastern, available on BetQL and the Odyssey app. You're listening to BetQLU with RJ Choppy and Jeffrey Wright. Hey, we welcome you back to BetQLU. I am Jeffrey Wright. He is RJ Choppy. Final four weekend. Overall, RJ, you know, I think when we look back on this tournament, you know, I, I hesitate to ever be like, well, something was perfect. This tournament kind of had it all. You got upsets. You had Cinderella for a while. You got four teams that I feel like all can win the national championship. You got big brands at the final four. What did you make of the tournament as a whole so far? Obviously, we still have the final four and the championship game, but what have you made of it thus far? Well, look, I mean, anytime you've got um, you got some blue bloods here, uh, anytime you get a final, this is a big boy final four. This is no cheap final four, man. Uh, anytime you get something like this, you're, you're going to wind up having a really good tournament. Um, I, I thought there was uh, enough upsets to satisfy a lot of my, uh, you know, you, you, you want some upsets. There was enough of them in this one. I thought this was a really solid basketball tournament. There was intrigue in just about every region. I didn't think there was a region of death. I thought the committee, you know, they may have seated or misseated some teams the wrong way, and they may have let some teams in that I didn't really think deserved to be in. But for the most part, I think the brackets, each region was pretty fair in terms of the the the, the group of teams and the strength of the teams that were in it. There was no cakewalk. Um, so I thought it was a really good tournament. And it was we needed this because we're finally back to a real tournament. You know, we didn't have it all in Indianapolis one, you know, like we did last year, or you know, canceled the year before. This was great to get back to. I thought this was a really good tournament, and you know, I love that there's blue bloods here. And I, I, I this, I'm, I'm disappointed. A lot of people say, yeah, Villanova is not on the same level, and yeah, they're not on the same level as Carolina, Duke, and Kansas, but Villanova is as they are as blue blood as you could be without being a true blue blood, I think. Um, so I, I love this final four. I, I like the turn. I thought it was really well done. Yeah. I, I'm with you completely. I'm not saying, you know, last year didn't count, but last year just didn't feel the same. Like we were, I was grateful that we had it. It was awesome. You know, especially at that point in time, it's like anything felt like a win. This felt like the tournament again to me, the rhythm got back. The, I thought the atmospheres were great. And I, it just really felt like the NCAA tournament again. In your mind, though, what's the biggest disappointment from this tournament? Or who was the biggest disappointment? It has to be Gonzaga, right? Yeah, it is Gonzaga. Uh, it's another time, another chance they had. And, you know, it's funny. We just mentioned there wasn't a cakewalk of a region. Well, if there was, it was probably Gonzaga's, right? They were probably the one that was in the, the easiest bracket. Um, you know, Duke was not a hot team coming in. Texas Tech can't score. And then Arkansas is is very flawed. Uh, it, you know, Gonzaga was going to play all their games. I mean, D Coach K, he he was winless in the Sweet 16 in the West region, I think, coming into this uh, season. And they wound, up, they wound up getting past Texas Tech. I mean, like, it was all set up for Zags to make it back. I mean, look, I'm biased. I mean, Tennessee was a major disappointment for me. Uh, I was, you know, but then again, this is what we do in, in March. We disappoint, so I can't really be surprised. Uh, other than that, you know, I thought I was disappointed in Arizona. Uh, but then again, how disappointed can you be in a team that was unranked coming into the season for a reason? 
Um, but it has to be the Zags. I, I don't know who else. Who's number two? I mean, I I had written down Arizona. Uh, I think you could say Kentucky. I mean, yeah. I, I don't. I was kind of thinking if you're a Kentucky fan, did St. Peter's going on and beating other people kind of ease the pain? I think the answer is probably no. Because, but I will say this: if I'm, I, I think Purdue's got a case here, because at least with St. Peter's against Kentucky. St. Peter's made unbelievable amounts of shots. Like, they were offensively exceptional that day. Purdue, like, they were like 34% against Purdue. It wasn't like they just – and you had such a size advantage. Like, yet again, this is just another time Matt Painter doesn't get it done. Like, I I think I could make a case for Purdue. The SEC in general I thought was pretty disappointing. Um. I mean, the Big Ten just kind of does what the Big Ten does, but, like, I don't think any of those teams are, like, I don't really think any of them didn't deserve to be there, but at the same time, you were just sitting there going, like, I don't know, should this team, should this league get nine teams in? That probably feels like a stretch. Feels like a bit much. Uh, you know, I think the, you got to look at the ACC, and, and you know, we do Carolina there, and we, we kind of were down on them the entire year, but, but they played, you know, they played up. Arkansas did make the Elite Eight. I mean, that's pretty good. Um, uh, so, you that that's one little feather in the sec cap but for the most part the sec was disappointing uh, you know outside of you know outside of gonzaga you know you're stretching to find another team that was as disappointed or 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 any storyline that was disappointed yeah i mean because like even if you think about it, like let's say let's take the sec for instance all right well kentucky cinderella got him like you know it, it it's even happened to the almighty coach usa before like cinderella got them yeah they play like at least St. Peter's did kind of play their ass off. And then St. Peter's was an elite eight team. LSU fires their coach. Like they had, they had their interim coach before the game saying, you know, it, it's tough here, but at least we're not in the Ukraine. Like I was sitting there going, okay, well that's a spin zone. Um, and I was really glad that I had Iowa state at that point. But then you kind of look at it. I mean, Tennessee got beat by a Michigan team that underachieved all year but was supposed to be a top 10 team coming in. And that was really a, a last minute game. Uh, then you look at Arkansas makes the elite eight. Like, I don't know. I felt like the teams kind of did about, you know, I think Arkansas overachieved Kentucky probably underachieved. Then other than yeah. that, like they kind of all got about what they deserved. Uh, yeah, they kind of did. They, they kind of did. I'll tell you this, you know, I think a lot of other fan bases would have been, if they were in Kentucky shoes, because you mentioned was uh, you know would you know, would would the fan base be happier that St. Peter's went on a little run? I think most fan bases may have taken that approach. Kentucky's that that fan base. Kentucky's that fan base that they 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 are livid. They are it was unacceptable to lose the first round uh, to a 15 seed. And I get those expectations if you're Kentucky. I you know and I I applaud those expectations. But you know St. Peter's was a difficult team to face. They played a style that is just. You know, unorthodox and and you know they're 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 intense and um you know but most fan bases i think would have looked at that oh they made the elite eight okay you know i could deal with this a little bit better uh but but not kentucky they're not that fan base and and you know auburn disappointed the sec disappointed this year and as an sec guy i hate to see that because i never felt that we got enough credit you know we get too much credit sometimes in football and I don't feel that we get enough in basketball. 
Uh, I've, I've felt the same way even covering it. I was like, you know, they get too much benefit of the doubt in football and they get too much scrutiny in basketball. Yeah, and I don't think it's fair, um, but it is what it is. And, you know, someday, sooner or later, hopefully, God for God willing, my football program will be able to benefit from that. Uh, <laughs> but, yeah, it ain't happen anytime soon. What was the best story? I mean, is it is it any way it's not St. Peter's? I mean, I was in this weird spot where, like, I kind of enjoyed watching them, but I never placed any money line bets on them. I just took the points every single time. So, like, I think had I gone out on a limb on a couple of money lines, I would have been like, these kids, God bless them. Like, yeah. bless them and their families, like, absolutely. But it's, I don't know. Like, I just didn't get as wrapped up into it, I think, as, as the rest of the country. But, I mean, they were, they were every – like, you know, Doug was everything I wanted him to be. Uh, they were they were great, but like I don't even know I don't even know what else I would put in this. But I think this, I think to me, kind of the bigger story is the fact that yet again, Coach USA is just overshadowing the whole tournament because that's what he does. Him and his massive yeah. ego just overshadow the whole thing. And like I don't feel like I was able to enjoy that that run like I should have. Yeah, look, it has to be St. Peter's, uh, and if it's not St. Peter's, but more specific, it's that peach fuzz mustaches are back in style. Yeah. And you know, God, thank, With thank the Lord, hair. because every hair. Yes, because you know, my twelve-year-old son, you know, he asked me the other day, you know, if he could shave for the first time, shave his little peach fuzz mustache, and I said, "Are you sure you want to do that?" About yes. to be in style there, bud. I was like, "Are you sure you want to do that?" And then I saw him like sweat after gym class one day. I was like, "Yeah, you just shave that bad boy." But uh, you know, they're back. That, but that, you know, it has to be St. Peter's. You know, that that is that. Every year, there's always that one high seed that makes a little bit of a run, but they don't always go to the Elite Eight. You know, sometimes it's Florida Gulf Coast. They win two games, then bam, holy cow, it's the greatest story ever. Uh, you know, other times it's George Mason or VCU or Butler that makes it all the way to the Final Four in the National Championship game. Uh, Xavier was a, uh, you know, there, there's been times where Xavier was that team where they were a, uh, like, a like a Cinderella still. Anytime you get a 50 in the Elite Eight, I don't know how you can't say that that is, a, is not your favorite moment. You know, unless you're a Kentucky fan, uh, which neither one of us are, that had to be it. Them beating Kentucky. You get a, a, an underdog beating the the bluest of blue bloods, and and that 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 brings joy to our, to our eyes. All right, let's take a look at odds to win the national title. So we have Duke at plus 150, Kansas at plus 185, Nova plus 450, North Carolina plus 500. If I say you can only have one ticket, what do you want? I want, I think Carolina. That's the one ticket. I think it's the value. That's the value. Um, it's going to be the hardest road, you know, but um, I, I think that's where the value sits. You know, you get an eight seed, you know, and, and, and here's the thing. Imagine if Carolina Imagine, imagine if it was not named, it was the same talent, but it was named South Carolina and not yeah. North Carolina. How much more value you would get on that ticket? Uh, maybe double. Right? You know, Carolina's so. got a built-in fan base. Vegas got to protect against that. You know, they don't have to protect against South Carolina. Nobody cares about South Carolina. People in South Carolina don't even care about South Carolina basketball. So, yeah, this is, that, that's the, I think that's where the value sits. Yeah, and I mean, I know they are an eight seed, but they kind of fall into the category of they were an eight seed because their resume said they were an eight seed. They had a new coach. 
It took them a while to get going. I think it's very similar to like you see in Dallas with the Mavs. It took them a little while to get going. Boston, I think, kind of ran into the same thing in the NBA where yeah. new coach took them a while to get going. But I mean, since they've since they kind of have figured it out, I, I think that they have looked as impressive as the rest of the teams. And so to me, it's a coin flip anyway. So give me the ones with the best odds. Yep, I, I agree. I'll take them both. <sighs> it's war. War. Ladies and gentlemen, if you believe in all that is good in the world, you will put on your Carolina blue this weekend, and you will root your asses off for that prick to get exposed and to die at the hands of North Carolina. He's RJ Choppy. I'm Jeffrey Wright. Go Heels. From tailgates to rushing the field, on Saturday, it's BetQLU in the action. From noon to 8 Eastern, available on BetQL and the Odyssey app.